in today's show. Let's look at players who are overperforming. They're on hot streaks. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's look the counter to yesterday's show. Let's look at the players who are on hot streaks, guys who are overperforming and probably going to have some sort of drop off coming up. And let's start with category leagues. We go to D'Angelo Russell who's been excellent. I, I think this is his role. I've said this before. I think this is his role as a sixth man. I don't know if he'll ever start for the Wolves this season, but he's playing well. The last four games, it's only 29 minutes a game, but he's the 10th ranked player. 23 points, four and a half threes, seven assists. Now, the level of unsustainability comes from the fact that he's hitting 51% of his threes, which is translating to 58% overall and 67% of his twos. Um this is a guy that in the past has been a guy that shot like 40% of his shots from deep. Over the last week, he's 59 of his shots are th- 59% of his shots are threes. That that I think some of that's the Chris Finch effect for sure. But it's also stuff that we need to yeah, bear in mind that he's not going to maintain a true shooting of 74%. So he's not going to maintain a scoring of 23. He's not going to maintain um, yeah, four and a half threes or those elite percentage numbers. But they are elite. And he's putting up great numbers. And yeah, he could very easily from here on out, very easily be a top top 50 guy, maybe top 40 guy from here on out. But I just think that what we've seen over the last four games from D'Angelo Russell is uh, is quite a little bit on the high side. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Uh, yes, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. Well, some weird stuff is going on with Toronto. We know that they have the five games this week. And Ananobi had sat... The last, or in the last six games, he'd sat two of them. One of them not even, well, actually, two of them not even back to backs. He had sat back to backs prior to that after returning from his injury. And now they've got a five game week and he's not on the injury report. And he's, is he going to play the back to back? Is he going to play all the games? I, I don't know. Weird stuff going on. I, you, part of this job and part of this game is trying to work out patterns. And when patterns don't exist, it's when I get frustrated. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with the Raptors, who were sitting him on games that weren't back-to-backs just like a week ago. And now they've got the most compressed schedule they've had all season. And they're like, nah, he's good. Let's get him out. Let's roll it out. All right, cool. Anyway, over the last week, Ananobi's the 12th ranked player. What's been super impressive about him is his ability or recent ability to up that usage. But his efficiency has been through the roof. Over the last week, 58 from the field and 91 from the line. And it's not coming on unsustainable three-point shooting. That's at 40%. That's fine. He's at 80% from two. He's at 74% from two over the last five games. He's hitting 93% of his free throws in that time. He's at 70 true shooting. And his true shooting has been excellent this year, but it's not this good. So it is really elevating his numbers. His two biggest fantasy categories over the last week are field goal percentage and free throw percentage. Actually, you know what? I lie. Over the last two weeks, they're his best two categories. Over the last week, his uh, points and threes are second and third behind field goal percentage. So he's averaging 24, 4, and 2. 
I just don't fully trust that Ananobi. I think the increased usage is real. I think the you know the very good efficiency is real. I don't believe that the absolute elite efficiency, which nobody can maintain, has any semblance of being real. So I think there is going to be some sort of a drop off here for uh, Ojan Anobi, Maga Porter Jr. Now there's a, a degree of this which might be real. But over the last two weeks, Porter is the ninth-ranked player in 35 minutes a game. It is helping that Jamal Murray is out, but it hasn't just hasn't been this gigantic spike in usage. He's at 20% for the season, and he's up to 22% over the last two weeks. That has spiked to 25 over the last week. So there is some part of it, but it's not just that. He is he has been an unbelievable three-point shooter, 44% from three this year. But he's up to 54% over the last seven. And like, like I say all the time, yeah, 44 is unbelievably good. 54 is impossible. And while you can say, well, he'll still be really good. He'll still be a 44% shooter. And that is absolutely possible, right? But that's 10 percentage points. That's like going from a 44 to a 34% shooter. From a very good shooter to a well below average shooter. It's like going from a well below average shooter, 34%, to one of the worst shooters in the NBA, a Jarrett Culver type, for example, at 24%. That's how big a drop that is. And that has a huge, huge impact on your field goal percentage. So over the last seven, he's averaging 26 and 6 with 4.4 triples. 1.4 blocks is also a little bit of a spike. But again, it's really that he's on his massive, massive hot streak. 64% of his twos as well. He's true shooting 75%. These are insane numbers which he's been awesome. I just do not believe. Look, if anyone comes to you and says they're a 50% three-point shooter, they're lying. It just will not happen. It will not continue. And that is the absolute, the, the absolute. Yeah, I don't know what the right word is. It's the alert. It's the siren flashing where you go, he's going to fall off. And we can love him. We can say he's figuring it out. We can say he's in the second offensive role. And all that stuff is true. But it doesn't matter when you drop 10 percentage points in three-pointers. It, it is just going It is going to happen, and I don't know when, but it is going to happen. I 100% guarantee you. Just like I 100% guarantee you that you know, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Mikolov Ultra, player of the week time. Let's give it to Michael Porter Jr., who is absolutely on fire for this Denver team. And you know, the Nuggets fans, they're absolutely enjoying what Michael Porter Jr. is bringing them. It is joy, it is success. And Michelob Ultra has only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. So it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Look what Porter's doing. These numbers for the week. Let's look at his week numbers. 28 points, 5 triples, 6 boards, 1.5 blocks, 59 and 80, shooting 53% from 3. Whew. That is definitely worthy of being the Michelob Ultra player of the week. This happiness that Porter is bringing to Nuggets fans is helping them keep afloat after the injury to Jamal Murray and now Will Barton. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra player of the week is Michael Porter Jr. Next guy we look at here is Budrick Heald, who again is playing above his head. You're going to see a pretty common theme here with some of these guys. He's the 21st ranked player over the last week, Budrick. 20 points per game. That's fine. He's been a 20-point per game scorer in the past. Five threes per game. That's probably a little high. 3.8 assists. I think that's spiked because Fox has been out. Five boards. That's an impressive improvement. Hasn't missed a free throw in the last four games and is hitting 54% from the field. Now, if there's one thing that's characterized whatever bullshit Buddy Heald's brought to the table all season is horrendous shooting. He's a 41% shooter this year. Not 41% from three, 41% overall. He's hitting 39% of his threes and 45% of his twos this season. 
But over the last week, he's up to 54% from three, a number which, again, is definitely going to come down. And he's upped his twos to 53%. And that's given him a number which was a horrendous negative, a big punt field goal guy, into being you know, his second best fantasy category. So I have some skepticism about Heald maintaining a category which has been his worst all year, which has now transformed into his second best over the last week. We know he's a better shooter than what we've seen, but again, 75 true shooting guys don't exist, especially as perimeter players. They just don't exist. And we've seen it with Russell, Ananobi, Porter, and, and Buddy, that they're all doing it at the moment, and it is definitely going to fall off. So we look at Heald's numbers now that you know, the usage, the increased assist opportunities, the minutes they're being consistent, they're all fine. They're all going to stick. But at some point, the shooting's not going to be there. And he might be a 41% shooter as we move forward. He just won't be a 54% shooter. His twos might go in at 50%. They just probably won't go at 61, which they've been doing over the last seven. So some uh, skepticism there. Kobe White, he's been shithouse this season. No denying that. But the last week, 39th ranked player. No Zach Levine. So he has seen his minutes go back up as he's pushed back into the starting lineup. But it's not just like, it's not a big usage jump. His 22 usage for the season is fine. He's up to 23 over the last four games. That's not a big difference. So what's the difference in his performance? Well, he's actually getting steals for once. And 0.5 to 0.8 might not seem like a lot, but it is. It's a 50% increase. Um, his free throws, they're fine. The, the attempt rate has improved. That's great. When you hit 93%, getting more attempts is awesome. But what else has he done? Well, he's hitting 71% of his twos. He's at 48 for the year. No way. No way that continues. Now, he's probably, he has improved over the last month. He's at 56% from two. So there has been some improvement there, but there's no way. He maintains a 71% two-point shooting number and he's at 69 on his true shooting. Giggity. It's a sim it's, that's the simple thing with White. The permanent numbers are all relatively the same as what he's been doing earlier in the season. We've just seen the opportunity go up and with the opportunity going up, We've seen the um, efficiency inexplicably rise to numbers which have no way of being able to sustain. We still roster him, but I don't know what happens when Levine comes back. Does he go back to a 22, 23-minute bench roll? Maybe. I, I don't think they do it straight away, to be honest. I think they try again with the Levine-White combination, but I think what's going to end up happening, which is going to be unfortunate for White, is he's on this hot streak. Levine's going to come back, and whether that's to do with the pairing or not, is the shooting's going to go back to normal and he's going to look worse and then maybe he loses minutes that way. I, I think that's a distinct possibility. Let's go to points leagues players now. Malcolm Brogo Brogdon's the sixth ranked player over the last week, averaging 49 fantasy points. Now to say that's a big jump is an understatement. He's at 38 for the season. It is really helping him that um, DeMontis Sabonis has been missing time. He's averaging 26, 10 and seven in these last three games. And that obviously is translating to huge numbers. That's doubling his rebound numbers for the season. And again, no Sabonis, no Turner, it helps. The scoring's up five points per game. And then the fantasy number's up nine points per game. It, Turner's not coming back, is my guess. Sabonis might be back in a couple of games. And that is going to impact the 29% usage that Brogdon has and that insane rebound rate, which is absolutely through the roof. Yusuf Nurkic, you know I love the bloke, but over the last week, he's the 10th ranked player, averaging 46 fantasy points. But good news, he won't be sitting back-to-backs. Guys, it's, hap it's happening. He is Now, he, I think that he is a comfortable top 50, top 40 player from here on out. And in, in category leagues, he might be top 30. But top 10's are, uh, are pushing it, I think. But let's look at what he did over these last three games. 17 and 14, 
Five assists, a steal, and a block. And I look at that and I go, oh, is that is that insane? Maybe the 14 rebounds is high. But what else is insane about it? One steal? No. One block? No. 16 points? No. Five assists? Maybe. But he's a comfortable four-assist player. So what's actually off about it? And I, I do not believe that Yusuf Nurkic remains a top 10 player. Let, let's be clear. 37 points? 39 points? Yeah, maybe. 46? Probably not. But it's it's not as big of a clear standout as to why that can't continue close to it. I still think it won't. But you know, compared to the Russells and Ananobis and Kobe Whites and Malcolm Brogdons, I look at it and go, huh, maybe, maybe not. John Morant. I did. I called him out. He didn't give a shit about what I say, but you know, I called him out. I said something. I go, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe Darius Garland's actually a better player than him because at the time it literally was true, and for fantasy it was clearly true. And then since then, Morant's gone bananas. He's the 12th ranked player in points leagues over the last week, averaging 46 fantasy points, 28 points per game with six rebounds, six and a half assists, and 1.3 steals, which as we know has been a real bugaboo of his game. He hasn't blocked a single shot, and he doesn't block anything at all. Um, and he's shooting an insane number, like 63% from the field. And it is 100% going to come down. I can 100% guarantee you that he will not maintain that level of shooting. But we can't ignore that some sort of switch was flipped and he's putting up these huge numbers now. Let's hope it maintains because we love Jar Morant. We love what he does. We love the way that he plays. But 61% shooting including 47% from three when he's under 30 for the year, feels pretty unrealistic. 67% from two, it's not going to be able to stick. And that's going to drop the scoring down and his overall fantasy points down. But he's been awesome. There's no doubt about that. Let's go with a pair of Kellys now. Kelly Oubre, 38 fantasy points over the last week. And again, to say that his season's been shithouse is an understatement. He's averaging just 29 per game, but he moved to the bench. Baysmore and Lee both went out. His minutes went up. His usage went through the roof. And like D'Angelo Russell, Kelly Oubre's best role is coming off the bench. He doesn't want to believe it, but it, I think it's pretty obvious. 22 and 7, he's averaging on 25 usage. His usage is under 22 for the season. And that has really helped his numbers spike. The shooting is also much better at the moment. I am not convinced that the shooting, look, he's been so up and down with his shooting all year. But I think there's a, a a decent argument that the usage is able to maintain at that 25 rather than 22% uh, coming off the bench. Let's look at another Cali, Cali Olenek, who's been great. 36 fantasy points per game over the last two weeks. 35, sorry. 53rd ranked player, 33 minutes, 19 and 8 with three assists. Like they're great numbers. John Wall being out probably helps a little bit. But I worry about what they're going to do with House and Tate and Wood. Because they were starting House, Tate, and Wood as their 3-4-5 combo. And Olenek would play off the bench. So that would mean that those 33 minutes a night probably aren't able to stick. I would keep him in over House, to be honest. I think he's a better player than Daniel House. And then having Tate at the three. But I don't know what Steven Silas is going to do. But these are 19 and 8. They're great. Look, you don't expect that at all from Kelly Olenek to put up that level of production in those minutes. So I do think there is some level of regression coming there for him. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all of that action at BetOnline. And this week has tons of sports action on the go. As the NFL draft is on, as well as the Kentucky Derby, back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey while on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up, hit the bell, leave a comment. Don't forget, just interact, share the show around. It does help a lot, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.